the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to that show. Hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. I'm a podcaster, a comedy writer, and performer, graduate of the Second City, Saturday Night Live expert and historian, and each week we will look back at everything SNL, the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. Uh, we'll talk about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't, but with every episode, I will always prove that that tired old cliche that you hear all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. Well, on uh, the episode today, we are going to get sassy. So if you, <laughs> if you don't know that reference, uh, it's, it's not a big surprise. Um, there were two sketches that appeared in the early 90s on Saturday Night Live. One appeared uh, at, um, uh, at, the, at the end of, uh, near the end of uh, season 18, and the other appeared at the beginning of season 19. They were just a few months apart, and they both appeared in the year 1993. Uh, and the reason I say sassy is um, because these two sketches are weird. They uh, started out as a 1250 sketch, and as you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, if you know your SNL, the 1250 or the 10 to 1 sketch is the sketch that they kind of put the weird stuff. So that's where, like, it's it's towards the end of the show. A lot of people turn off um, the show after Weekend Update. Maybe they stick around for a sketch or two and perhaps the second musical performance. But normally, after the second musical performance, the ratings drop off. People turn it off, especially if it's not a very good show, especially if you're not a regular viewer of SNL and you're just curious and you're watching it. And by the time you get to around 1245 or 1145 Central, if you live in Chicago like I do, you know, interest in the show has died down in this particular episode. So Lorne and, you know, the producers and the writers, over the many years that the show has been on, uh, decide that they're going to put the weirdest shit, the stuff that doesn't work, the stuff that bombed big time in dress rehearsal, the stuff that nobody understands, the weird, weird, crazy, goofy shit that they figure, let's put it in at 1250 when no one's watching it. We can just test it and see what happens. And man, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter because nobody's watching. So the 1250 sketch historically um, has had some really weird stuff. It is the slot for experimental stuff, the weird shit, the stuff that bombed, the stuff that nobody liked. And over the years, the 1250 sketches, um, some of them have become classics, um, you know, over the years. Uh, the, 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 you know, Wayne's World began as a 1250 sketch. Lauren didn't understand it. The writers didn't like it. And they gave the 1250 sketch, uh, the, the Wayne's World, the 1250 slot. And then obviously we know what happened out of that. It became one of the most popular sketches of all time. Some of the most popular characters of all time. It spawned two movies. 
So sometimes the 1250 sketch pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes things like what I'm going to talk about happen. But for some reason, there is, uh, among the weirder sketches, there are some very, very passionate fans. Uh, some fans who love the cult sketches. Some fans who really, really uh, uh, admire and love and watch repeatedly some of the weirder shit that they've done on us. And now, one of my favorite sketches of all time in the history of SNL, maybe my favorite sketch in the history of SNL, uh, is the potato chip sketch. And if you go back to episode one of that show, Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast, my podcast, the very first episode I did, because I wanted to establish how deep I was going to go with this podcast and as a fan of SNL, the very first sketch I did is entirely, completely dedicated. The entire episode is completely dedicated to the one sketch, the potato chip sketch, which is this insane sketch um, uh, that Will Forte and his partner wrote, and it features Will Forte, Jason Sudeikis, and Blake Lively, who was the host that night. And they do this insane sketch that takes place at NASA, some weird Southern Gothic alternative universe of NASA, where a person being interviewed for a job as an astronaut eats a man's potato chip and the whole all hell breaks loose. It is one of the weirdest sketches, but it's gone down in history now uh, that's become very popular. So sometimes these things happen, but I happen, I happen to, I lean towards the weird shit. Every episode of Saturday Night Live, I always look forward to what's going to happen at the end. I always look forward to the last two sketches to just see how weird they are. Sometimes they suck. Uh, in fact, oftentimes they, they're, they're just weird and they bomb and they don't work well, but sometimes there's a gem in there. And for me, Sessy was a gem. So the idea here is that there was a magazine, if you're not familiar with it, there was a magazine that existed between 1988 and 1996 called Sassy. And I'm going to give you the entire history of Sassy magazine because it's kind of important, I think, to, to set the stage and set the tone and specifically the time period for which these sketches took place. Late 80s into the early 90s was a very specific time in pop culture. Lots of things broke. Teen Idols came back, grunge hit. It was a time, I mean, the early 90s was a very, very specific time. And if you, if you got back into a time machine, you went back into 1993, it would feel completely different than the, than the time does now. And a lot of things happened in the world of music, in the world of pop culture, in the world of movies and television that, were, that really started, you know, a, a, a huge, huge trend. Um, so, you know, the nineties, what was happening in, 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 you know, at the time in the white house with Clinton and what was happening in the world at that time, uh, you know, people were very happy in terms of finances and everything, you know, people were seemed to be pretty happy and there were a lot of, uh, gimmicks and there were a lot of fads and things that happened very, very quickly over and over and over again in the world of pop culture among teenagers and among music and all that stuff. Um, and at that time on Saturday night live, you had, that was a period of time, you know, in the late 80s and into the mid 90s. That was the time when they had the most cast members, when they were expanding the cast uh, as much as they could. If you looked back at that time, you know, in the early 90s into the mid 90s, there was a period of time where there were like 18 cast members, you know, a bunch of regular cast members featured and then extra featured cast members. There was a period of time when it took Don Pardo 25 minutes to introduce the goddamn cast because there were so many people involved. And they tried at that time, Lauren and all the producers and everything, were trying to cover what was hip and what was happening in the 90s at that time. 
So guys like David Spade and Rob Schneider and uh, Adam Sandler, you know, they were coming in at the time and Farley. It, it became a boys club. And I've talked about this on the podcast in the past where there was a period of time where that kind of humor was huge in the early and mid-90s, uh, where it was butt humor and dick humor and fart humor um, and guys. And guys took over. The Farley, the Spades, the Schneiders, the Sandlers, they all completely took over. And it was at a time when the old school people like like Phil Hartman uh, and, and some of the people who were on, the you know, like Jan Hooks, they were on their way out, and the younger idiot early 90s Fart boys were in command. And Sassy was a, a sketch that took place during that, when it was just starting, when the, when the boys club, the fart jokes, the dick jokes took over on Saturday Night Live. And in order to kind of make fun of uh, what was happening in the early 90s in terms of pop culture and magazine and what was happening in, in, in the terms of um, sex symbols and young guys and sassy movie and TV stars, which they made fun of on a constant basis with guys like Sandler and Farley and all those dudes. Uh, and this, 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 they, who wrote this, the idea was it came from uh, Tim Hurley. Tim Hurley, who was one of the major writers back in that time period, wrote a lot of stuff for those guys, the Boys Club, the Farleys, the Sandlers, the Spades, all those guys. Jim Downey, who was one of the head writers at that time, wrote a lot of really great sketches at that time. And Fred Wolf, Fred Wolf would go on to write, uh, a, a, you know, a ton of things and write movies for these guys. Uh, Joe Dirt was written by Fred Wolf. Fred Wolf is the co-writer, along with Tim Hurley, of a bunch of the Adam Sandler films that came out at that time. So you get the idea. The early, you know, the early 90s boys club base fart dick humor that was happening on SNL was cultivated and, and, and really... Put, uh, put, on, put on the front burners by guys like Tim Hurley and Fred Wolf. Well, they got together and they wrote this sketch about Sassy Magazine. And the idea is the great Phil Hartman, uh, and the reason I bring this sketch up, these two sketches up, is mainly because of Phil Hartman. Um, if you listen to this uh, podcast uh, at all, you know that my favorite uh, cast member in the history of Saturday Night Live, I think the best cast member in the history of Saturday Night Live is Phil Hartman. He was known as the glue. You could always count on him. He wrote great stuff. He performed all the time. The writers loved to write things for him. Uh, he had great recurring characters. He did really great impressions. But more than anything else, you could count on Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, again, was called the glue because it didn't matter what the sketch was. It didn't matter what you were doing. If Phil was in it, he held it together. You can always count on Phil Hartman. He was the most consistent sketch performer in the history of SNL. Like, whatever was happening on that show, if the show went to hell, if it was a terrible episode, you could always count on the fact that Phil Hartman, no matter what he did, no matter what sketch he was in, if it was in the background or he had the sketch or he was the lead in the sketch, it, it would be good. When Phil Hartman was on stage on, in Saturday Night Live, it worked. So Phil Hartman was uh, roped in to be the host of this TV show based on Sassy Magazine. He played Russell Clark, the editor of Sassy Magazine. And the idea was that he was kind of a weirdo guy, a little bit of a pervert, who interviewed three young, hot guys from the early 90s who were sex symbols, who were music stars or TV stars or movie stars, and was going to interview them in the way that would be appropriate for the magazine Sassy. Um, and the result are two sketches that are absolutely hilarious, I think. 
The first one uh, took place, um, it, it, it aired on uh, February 6th, 1993. The host was Luke Perry, um, and uh, that was season 18, episode 12. Mick Jagger was your musical guest. And, uh, you know, it, so they took three guys. They had David Spade play Christian Slater. They had Adam Sandler play Marky Mark. Back then he was Marky Mark, not Wal- Mark Wahlberg. And Luke Perry played Rick Schroeder. And they were interviewed by Russell Clark, the editor of Sassy Magazine. And it was done in a way that made fun of Sassy Magazine, made fun of the whole idea of the magazine, and made fun of those hot, young, early 90s guy stars. And they did it a second time on October 30th, 1993. Christian Slater was the host. Smashing Pumpkins was the musical guest. That was season 19, episode 5. And in that episode, they had Phil Hartman return as the editor of Sassy Magazine, Russell Clark. And in it, Christian Slater played himself, which is very uh, hilarious because David Spade played Christian Slater in the earlier uh, sketch. And then Mike Myers played Joey Lawrence. And Jay Moore did a magnificent uh, imitation of Andrew McCarthy. And then it was the same thing. It was weirdo, creepy editor of Sassy Magazine, Phil Hartman, being creepy with the guys and saying sassy in as many different ways as possible. He looks directly into the camera and says sassy in as many weird ways as possible. Um, I remember seeing the sketch the first time, and as you will hear, because I'm going to play both sketches um, in their entirety, and you will hear that the sketch that aired uh, in season 18 in, 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 uh, in February of 93 with Luke Perry bombed. It was a 1250 sketch, and it bombed. It played like a 1250 sketch normally plays. The audience didn't know what the hell was going on. They didn't laugh at it. You can hear people just kind of like, what is happening? What is going on? And it is an absolutely weird sketch. And again, driven by 100% commitment by the great Phil Hartman being as weird and creepy as he possibly could as the sassy um, editor. But you'll notice when you hear the second sketch, which took place months later in October of 1993, somehow in, in a rerun capacity, People latched on to the first sketch and kind of remembered it. And you'll hear that the audience is responding hugely to the second sketch. So, but a little background before I play the two sketches and uh, give you a couple of details about the episodes that they took place on, some of the other things that happened on those episodes, uh, and give you my thoughts in, in, in terms of, you know, what these sketches meant and what kind of satire they were in that very specific 1993 time period. Let me just give, I'm just going to give you the history of Sassy Magazine, which I always thought was a hilarious magazine. I would see it on the newsstands in grocery stores or in bookstores and stuff, and I'd be like, what? And I know that it became kind of popular with teen girls. Um, You know, we all know uh, Tiger Beat and Seventeen and Teen Beat and all those magazines that came out in the 60s and 70s and the 80s and all that. Uh, and, And, you know girls would buy them because they had the, you know, the, the heartthrobs and, you know, back in those days, in the early days, it was like Donny Osmond and, you know, Michael Jackson were on the cover in the very early days of the Teen Beat and Seventeen magazines. Well, Sassy was a specifically late 80s, early 90s, very dated, very hip magazine for that time period. So here's basically what Sassy was. Sassy magazine is a defunct general interest teen magazine that was aimed at young women. It covered a wide variety of topics and was intended to as a feminist counterpoint to Seventeen and YM magazines, and it existed between 1988 and 1996, and it was a monthly magazine, 
And it caught fire in that, you know, the late, late 80s and the early, early 90s. Uh, the magazine was founded in March of 88 by an Australian feminist named Sandra Yates, who was the CEO of Matilda Publications. Uh, and she based it on a teen magazine called Dolly. Um, and uh, Women Aglow, uh, an, evangel- uh, an, an evangelical women's group, boycotted Sassy due to its content about sexuality immediately after it started. Sassy's founding editor was Jane Pratt. The magazine's original main writers were referred to by Pratt as sex, uh, drugs, and rock and roll. So sex was Karen Catchpole, drugs was Katherine Jensen, and rock and roll was Christina Kelly because of the topics that they covered. Executive editor was Mary Kate Schilling. She became editor-in-chief in in 1990, and then uh, it would change over from time to time. They hired Aaron Smith of Bratmobile as an intern in 1991. The fashion department was head by Mary Clark uh, and Jacita Dobson and uh, Andrea Lee, Andrea Lee Linnett, who discovered Chloe Signavy, uh, Savigny um, on the street and hired her as an intern. So Chloe Savigny got her start at Sassy Magazine. <laughs> and then they, they ran Sassy and Dolly at around the same time. And people like Chloe Savigny were the target group and the target uh, audience that they wanted. They wanted something edgy, something more adult, something more sexy, something a little bit weirder than your average teen magazine. Sassy was first published in the United States with a circulation of 250,000. It increased to its circulation in 89 to 450,000. And they moved from L.A. to Los Angeles. They moved from L.A. to New York City. They stopped publishing in 1996. There was also an offshoot. In 1992, when Sassy was at its most popular time period, they had a uh, short-lived magazine called Dirt. Now, this one was for the boys. It was called Dirt, Son of Sassy. This is all real, by the way. You can go back and look these things up. So Dirt was the offshoot, and it was kind of the guy's version of Sassy. And it was created by Mark Lehman, uh, who did Words, Andy Jenkins, who did Art Direction, and Spike Jones. The infamous Spike Jones, who would go on to direct videos, Beastie Boys videos predominantly, and then direct movies and become an acclaimed director. He got his start at Dirt Magazine, which was an offsuit of, of Sassy. So Spike Jones got his start there. Um, and they had reader-produced issues. Sassy had reader-produced issues, and Dirt didn't last very long. But it did, you know, I mean, people like Chloe Sevigny and Spike Jones, you know, those kind of edgy funky kind of teen and early 20 stars, they got their start working on Sassy and Dirt magazine. They also conducted in the annual search of the sassiest girl in America. And in 1999, Sassy magazine conducted a search for the sassiest boy in America. They had over 150 entries that were received, and the winner was Ian Svednonius, uh, and uh, so he was, he, was the, he was the sassiest kid, or sassiest boy. He's going to be a big deal. I'm sure that he will uh, be huge, and we will be very proud to have discovered him. And, of course, he was the age of 22. He be- he, nothing became of him. So the sassiest boy in America was an actual campaign that he did, and that's where this sketch comes from. The sketch comes from the idea that Sassy Magazine, this ridiculous magazine, decided that they were going to find the sassiest boy in America. So they made up this Russell Clark guy, played by Phil Hartman. They took this ridiculous concept 
um, you know, that Tim Hurley and Fred Wolf put together with uh, uh, Jim Downey as head writer at the time. And they decided, let's make fun of Sassy. They just did this ridiculous thing called the Sassiest Boy in America. They were convinced that the Sassiest Boy in America that they crowned would be a big star. Nothing happened. And the, the, the Dirt magazine had happened at that point. They had an in-house band called Chia Pet, who actually had a couple of CDs that were released. They were an in-house band for Sassy Magazine called Chia Pet. And then an actual book was written that was called How Sassy Changed My Life. And this was written in 2007. So this is years and years after the, the magazine went under and Dirt went under and Sassy, you know, the Sassiest Boy in America contest didn't work. And years and years after these two sketches aired where people, you know, where SNL completely demolished and made fun of how stupid this magazine was. Well, in April of 2007, Faber and Faber released a tribute to the history of Sassy by former Team Vogue editor Kara Gisela and Marissa Meltzer. And they called it How Sassy Changed My Life, a love letter to the greatest teen magazine of all time. And the book recounted the rise and fall of the magazine, its unusual appeal to both men and women, teenagers and adults, and its influence on the mainstream, as well as its influence on alternative women's magazines. And it included interviews with staffers and fans and stars who uh, started out at Sassy. So a book was written about this magazine. It's probably a magazine that you don't remember, especially, especially if you weren't a teenager or in your 20s in, uh, in the early 90s. And I think a lot of people who were sitting in the audience the first night that they did the sketch were like, what the hell is this? I don't know what Sassy Magazine is. And then just a few months later, they did it again. So they did it twice. It bombed the first time. It was a 1250 sketch. I still think it's funny. You'll hear that it, uh, it kind of goes over like a lead balloon because you, you will hear the first sketch. And then the second time they did it, it got a much bigger response and a lot more laughs. And Phil Hartman was even funnier. And the, and, the, and the three guys who were on stage with him, two of them doing impressions, were also unbelievably funny. So I wanted to give you a little history into the world of Sassy Magazine, its offshoot Dirt Magazine. The fact that's like some really talented and alternative talents came out of that, like Chloe Savigny and Spike Jones and so many other people. And it was a magazine that did actually strike a chord with hipper, weirder, younger people. And uh, so this was the target that Tim Hurley and Fred Wolf had when they wrote this. So uh, just a, a, a couple of quick facts. So season 18, uh, episode 12, is the first one. And it took place in February 6th, as I mentioned, 1993. Luke Perry was the host. Mick Jagger was the musical guest. It was the final episode for Dana Carvey. Um, at that time. And, and Dana Carvey was kind of an old school guy. He started in the 80s. And like Dana Carvey, you know, like other people before him, Phil Hartman was on his way out. Jan Hooks had left already. Uh, and some of the other people from that time period were leaving because the younger male fart and dick joke guys were starting to take over. So Dana Carvey left and it was his seventh year there. And that was his final season uh, that season. Um, the cast was Dana Carvey, Chris Farley, Phil Hartman, Mike Myers, Kevin Nealon, uh, Chris Rock, Rob Schneider, and uh, Julia Sweeney. And your featured new uh, uh, cast members were Ellen Cleghorn, El uh, Melanie Hutzel, Tim Meadows, Adam Sandler, and David Spade. So it was right at the beginning of that whole period. So that's season 18. The episode in which uh, the first one appears um, also had um, Opera Man was made a... Made a uh, made an appearance on Weekend Update. And because Mick Jagger was a musical guest, there was that unbelievably hilarious bit that they did on Update where um, 
Mike Myers played Mick Jagger, and Mick Jagger played Keith Richards. It's a classic Weekend Update desk bit where, I mean, Mick Jagger was hilarious making fun of Keith Richards and doing a brilliant and spot-on and devastating Keith Richards impression. And then, of course, Mike Myers was doing his Mick Jagger. And then uh, Queen Shaniqua made one of her first appearances, Ellen Claghorn. So there were characters that came back uh, that were repeated on that, uh, on that episode. So you got your opera man, you got Mick Jagger and Keith Richards with uh, Mick Jagger playing Keith Richards and Queen Shaniqua. They showed up on that. And it wasn't a very good episode. Uh, they did a couple of game, sco- game show uh, satires that were, that were okay. Luke Perry was very shaky as the host. He relied a lot on um, cue cards. He screwed up cues here and there during sketches. He wasn't a great host. And you can hear when I play the sketch back, you can hear that Luke Perry jumps a couple of lines and kind of screws up the timing. Um, and goes up a couple of times. So his timing is not that great. Um, so he wasn't a great guest. And again, this was the 1250 sketch. So here's the deal. Russell Clark is the editor of Sassy Magazine, played by Phil Hartman. And you have David Spade playing Christian Slater, Adam Sandler playing Marky Mark, and Luke Perry playing Rick Schneider. Now, uh, Rick, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Schroeder, sorry, Ricky Schroeder. So you have to understand that the stuff that Adam Sandler is doing that you hear, uh, he stands up a lot and pulls his pants down because, you know, Marky Mark at that time was pulling his pants down and dancing. Uh, and, you know, the impressions aren't that great in, uh, in this sketch. But Phil Hartman, when it, whenever he just, I, you need to know this because visually Phil Hartman is looking directly into the camera, talking into the camera every time he says sassy or makes an aside about, woo, that's sassy. So it cuts to a close-up of him looking directly at you, looking directly into the camera <laughs> and addressing the camera and addressing you specifically whenever he does any of the sassy stuff. And sometimes he pulls out signs that say sassy. Sometimes he pulls out visual aids as well. But the idea is he's doing a weird interview with these three teenage or you know sex symbols, boy sex symbols, and then looking directly into the camera and very weirdly and creepily saying sassy with his eyes bugging out, looking directly into the camera. And every time Phil Hartman breaks, looks into the camera, and does the sassy stuff, I think it's absolutely hilarious. Well, this audience didn't. So here it is in its entirety, the very first time, the one of two times that they did the sassiest boys in America bit. Again, from February 6th, 1993, Luke Perry uh, is your guest. Season 18, episode 12. Here is the very first sassy sketch that is anchored by the brilliant and hilarious and mugging directly and creepily into the camera, Phil Hartman. Sassy. Hello, I'm Russell Clark, senior editor, Sassy Magazine. With me in our studio are three of the sassiest young men in America today, actor Christian Slater. Greetings and salutations. That's sassy. Rapper Marky Mark. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. No, it's like, yeah. Very sassy. And actor Ricky Schroeder. Rick. So sassy. (laughs) Now, Christian, do you consider yourself sassy? I don't know, you tell me. I'd say sassy. Well, how about you, Marky? Same question. Are you sassy? Yeah, you know. Come on. Come on, that's bugging, yeah. Sassy, anyone? 
Now, Ricky. Rick. Ricky. Rick. Okay, Rick. Are you sassy? Sass. The French have a word for it. Sassy. <laughs> Christian, tell me, please, how do you explain your sassiness? Well, I always say life is like Mr. Toad's wild ride. We're all just hanging on and someday it's gonna crash. Somebody say sassy. <laughs> now, Marky, your brother Donnie Wahlberg produces all your albums, so settle a question for us. Between you and your brother, who would you say is the more sassy? Yeah, that is large, man. Yeah, on my jock bugging with the three nipples. No. Check this out. The word sassy comes to mind. <laughs> now, Rick, I thought you were sassy back when I first saw you in The Champ, and yet you were only six years old at that time. Hey, that was Ricky Schroeder. That was a kid. We're two different people. I'm Rick Schroeder now. I'm a man. Okay, Rick, tell us about your show, Silver Spoons. Did you find that a sassy experience? It was okay. That was you and Silver Spoons. Hey, quite a performance. I found it riveting. Hey, I'm not that kid anymore. That was Ricky. I feel like I'm in a sassy sandwich. <laughs> who, who are you talking to, man? Come on. No one. Never mind. <laughs> Yo, come on. Check this out. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Let's put it to a vote. Audience? Sassy! <laughs> well, we're almost out of time. I'd like to thank Rick, Marky, and Christian for joining me today, and come back soon. Well, thanks for having us. We must do this again sometime. Yeah, damn! <laughs> if they're not sassy, I don't know what is. Good night. All right, so... So, uh, you know... For good reason, people didn't know what to make of it. The audience was like, what the hell is going on? And uh, Adam Sandler was, uh, at that time, a featured um, uh, player at that time, and really pushing the whole, you know, the, the whole Marky Mark thing, trying to get as many laughs as possible by screaming and doing the whole thing and pulling his pants down and stuff. And, and he got the most laughs out of everybody in that, in that sketch because a lot of people just didn't know what to make of it. But I remember the first time I was watching it, I'm like, because <laughs> uh, I knew what Sassy Magazine was. Um, and I thought the idea was funny, but you know, watching it, I'm like, man, boy, did that tank, boy, that was a weird 1250 sketch, but damn, Phil Hartman's funny. And every time he looked at the camera and said, sassy with that Phil Hartman face and that great voice and the big smile, it was great. It was great. And you know, uh, I happen to have a huge weakness for Phil Hartman. He makes me, he makes me smile every time I see the guy. So I never thought that they would make a, you know, they would do a sequel to that or they would make it a recurring sketch. But then a few months later, I mean, they started a new season. It was in the fall. And uh, they brought it back. And, uh, you know, obviously this was probably Tim Hurley and Fred Wolf at that time. And Adam Sandler had started to take off. And those, those guys were starting to be the, the kind of the voice of, uh, of, of SNL at that point. And, uh, and, you know, obviously Phil Hartman absolutely killed in the first sketch. And Sassy still continued to be a thing and I think became more popular. And for some reason, more people responded. They moved it up in the show. It was not in the 1250 lineup. It was, in fact, it was, it was before update. So it had a nice prime spot 
in the episode where still people are watching, and they decided they'd do it again. And again, this took place on October 30th. It was the Halloween episode of 1993. I remember watching it specifically. Christian Slater was the host. Smashing Pumpkins were the musical guests. It was season 19, episode 5. Your cast were Ellen Cleghorn, Chris Farley, Phil Hartman, Melanie Hutzel, Michael McKeon, um, Tim Meadows, Mike Myers, Kevin Nealon, Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, David Spade, Julia Sweeney. Featured players were Al Franken, Norm MacDonald, uh, came in at that time, Jay Moore, who you will hear in this sketch, and Sarah Silverman, and then they added a couple of other people. So this was at the time during that period where they just kept increasing the cast members and featured players every, you know, every year. So that was those were the cast members, and on this particular episode, the episode that Christian Slater hosted, you had, it opened with a coffee talk. So you had Mike Myers. A lot of, you know, recurring characters and recurring sketches showed up in this. This was one of those deals where it was, um, you know, it was pretty early in the season. It was five episodes into the season. And all of the popular recurring characters and catchphrases and bits and sketches that they love to do over and over and over and over again were thrown in at this point. So it opened with Mike Myers doing a Halloween coffee talk. There was another Matt Foley uh, Van Down by the River by Chris Farley. Uh, he returned. He did. Uh, they did a sketch about Halloween vandalism, which uh, which ended with him with his foot on fire, falling through a window, grabbing a curtain, and smashing through a window. So you had a coffee talk with Linda Richmond. You had a Matt Foley. You had updates, which featured uh, Adam Sandler's homemade Halloween costumes, where he's like, "I'm Mr. Pickle. I'm Mr. One Armed Man." When he would do the you don't need to spend money on a Halloween costume. You know, you could just take this. And it's a very funny sketch. And that was a recurring bit that while Adam Sandler was with uh, SNL, he would do the cheap Halloween costumes that you can do. He did that for a bunch of years. Uh, also, the Valancourt Boys, where the New Englanders had their own cable access show. And that was Adam Sandler and Kevin Nealon. And they took phone calls. Those were recurring characters. Then they did a sketch where uh, Christian Slater ran a store that would publish fake headlines on newspapers, novelty newspapers that you could buy for parties and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and, and he made fun of everybody with, their, with headlines from a newspaper. They would come in to order it. And uh, a couple of recurring characters came in during that sketch, the headline sketch. Canteen Boy showed up, the controversial Canteen Boy. So Adam Sandler had uh, the Halloween costume bit. He was in the Matt Foley sketch. He was in the Vandercourt uh, Boys sketch, and he was Canteen Boy uh, in the headline sketch. He, however, is not in the return of the Sassiest Boys in America sketch. So in that whole era and that episode, which was, you know, recurring characters, things that you know and love. It was early in the season. Christian Slater was incredibly hot and popular at that time. It was Smashing Pumpkins' very first time on the show, their very first time as a musical guest. Their album completely blew up uh, during that time period. So you had a very hip, young musical guest. You had a very hip, young star. And they were all very 90s at the time, very early 90s. And so uh, they decided they'd bring back the sassy sketch. And in it, Phil Hartman returns as the editor of Sassy, Russell Clark. Christian Slater plays himself, Mike Myers plays Joey Lawrence, and Jay Moore plays Andrew McCarthy. Now, you have to understand that the stuff that uh, Jay Moore is doing is Andrew McCarthy. He's doing this sort of wide-eyed, bug-eyed thing uh, where Andrew McCarthy does in a lot of his movies, a ton of his movies, especially like Pretty in Pink and, and, uh, and, the, and um, 
uh, and St. Elmo's Fire, and, you know, all these other movies where he does the I don't blink, I'm very wide-eyed and cute Andrew McCarthy thing where he's like, <gasps> he's on the verge of crying, his mouth is open, he's sad, he's pulling at his hair. So that's what, by the way, that Jay Moore is doing. He's doing a lot of visual stuff with the bug eyes and all that stuff, in addition to repeating lines and doing the voice. Uh, and uh, Mike Myers as Joey Lawrence is just doing the, the catchphrase, and Christian Slater is very funny as himself. Ultimately, you'll see him confronting the creepy editor uh, played by Phil Hartman. Now, by this point, I guess the first sketch had gained a little traction you know, in reruns, uh, and people remembered it from the season before. The writers liked it more. Uh, and it plays much better. So I still love the first sketch, but this sketch plays much better. You'll hear the audience respond to it. Uh, and remember, every time uh, Phil Hartman says anything very sassy related, he's looking directly in the camera at you, and it's funny every time. So taking on early 90s Sassy Magazine for one more go, here's the second sketch about Sassy Magazine from October 30th, 1993. Hello once again. I'm Russell Clark, senior editor, Sassy Magazine. <laughs> Yes, it is an exciting night, because I'm here catching up with three of the sassiest young men in America. Actor Christian Slater, good to see you again. Nice, nice to be here. Very nice. Still sassy. <laughs> Blossom, teen scream, Joey Lawrence. Whoa. 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 Oh, sassy. <laughs> and finally, completing our sassy roundtable is Brat Pack heartthrob Andrew McCarthy. Hello, Andrew. How's it going, man? <laughs> Did somebody say sassy? <laughs> okay, let's get the ball rolling. Our topic is sassy, and I have to ask Christian, what makes you so sassy? Well, you know, clean living and dirty thinking. <laughs> Sprechen Sie sassy? <laughs> How about you, Joey? What makes you so, oh, I don't know, sassy? Whoa. 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 <laughs> I just stepped in a big pile of sassy. <laughs> And Andrew, I see you hiding there. When did you first discover that you were so sassy? I don't know, man. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, where one is not sassy and ten is sassy, I'd have to say ten. Sassy! <laughs> now, Christian, back to you. If you weren't a star, do you think you'd still be so sassy? I don't know. I never really gave the matter much thought. Kinda young, kinda now, sassy. <laughs> and Joey, is the private Joey Lawrence just as sassy as you? Whoa! <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I don't, it's just. Whoa! Do, 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 do. You just entered the sassy zone. <laughs> How about you, Andrew? What's going on, man? <laughs> what do you say, Senor Sassy? Sassy! 
what's the deal? Who, who are you talking to over there? Nobody. Mind your own business. Now, Andrew, <laughs> I find that girl you worked with, Molly Ringwald, to be so unsassy. What do you think? I love her, man. <laughs> if this were sassy land, and this was Sassy City, the capital of Sassy Land, then Andrew would be the mayor of Sassy City, and he would live in the sassiest building in Sassy City, and in his spare time, he would be the captain of this boat, the SS Sassy. Uh, all right, that's it, that's it. I, I, I've heard enough. Stop saying sassy, all right? It's creepy. You keep saying it. Stop it, Christian. You're hurting me. No. Well, everything to you is sassy. You just follow young guys around all the time and think of different ways to call them sassy. I mean, you're sick. Let's get out of here. Whoa. Rico. Whoa. I am sick. My whole life is a wreck. Christian's right. I needed to hear it. Although I must say, there was something in the way he yelled at me that was just so... Mm, damn sassy! There! I'm back! I said it! Sassy! <laughs> Well, that's it for today. Andrew, come back next time when we'll be joined by all new sassy boys. I love her, man. It rhymes with classy. Good night! So, so obviously, it, it, it went over much, much better uh, the second time. Um, and uh, all the stuff that Phil Hartman is doing is hilarious. And the, the visual in addition to the great vocal uh, impression that, um, that Jay Moore did um, as Andrew McCarthy is great. Uh, you know, Christian Slater playing it very well, and Mike Myers just doing, whoa, that's all he does there. Uh, but it plays well, it was hilarious, and then it, but it, then it did not return. Uh, so there were only two times that the Sassiest Boys in America, Sassy Magazine TV show existed. I love them both, but this is a case where it's really interesting and fun to hear those two sketches so close together, so back to back, because the first one is like, you know, like I like if we talked about here, a 1250 sketch that nobody really knew what the hell was going on and it bombed. And then the second one was a much livelier crowd. They were way into it. They were laughing. And Phil Hartman was like even a thousand percent more interested in it. And it played even better. Uh, and it played very well. So this is a this is an example of first time sketch bomb, second time sketch killing and then never coming back again. So. Uh, the uh, wonderful world of, uh, of repeated sketches. Um, and there's a great story about it in, uh, by the way, Jay Moore wrote a, a terrific book about his time. Jay Moore wrote a fantastic book about his time uh, spent on SNL called Fighting for Airtime. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a terrific book uh, about the time that he spent on SNL. And there is a story about, uh, you know, his first episodes, his first few episodes when he joined the cast. And this being one of, the, one of his favorite things that he did was his Andrew McCarthy impression and working with Phil Hartman on that sketch. So anyway, I just wanted to get sassy and, you know, give you a little lesson. If you weren't around in the late eighties and early nineties and don't know what the hell sassy magazine, it really did exist. And everything that I told you about the history of sassy magazine, it's all real. Those are all absolutely facts. You can go back and you can check and you can maybe try to find some old issues of dirt. You know, the magazine for boys, uh, for dirty boys and sassy girls. Um, so, uh, SNL kind of jumped on it. The, you know, the hilarious writers of Hurley and Wolf jumped in there, and they wrote these two goofy sketches. Phil Hartman, again, selling it. Uh, and I think these two sketches are great. And uh, I just felt like getting sassy. And any time 
that I can talk about Phil Hartman, that I can share Phil Hartman stories, or that I can share Phil Hartman sketches on this podcast, I will do it. Because, uh, again, the best cast member in the history of SNL, in my opinion, is Phil Hartman. And, uh, you know, the more we get to hear Phil Hartman, the better the world is. So there you go. Two sketches on this episode featuring the late, great, the amazing Phil Hartman getting sassy. So, all right. Uh, Hey, please join me next time on um, That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years. Hey, if you want to leave a voicemail with your suggestions for subjects or topics or any kind of feedback that you want, 773-417-6948. Please leave your voicemails and your, uh, your, your comments. And you can send me an email, too. It's nickdpodcast at gmail.com. That will get to this podcast and to my other podcast, the Nick D Podcast, which you can also hear at Radio Misfits. Please check out all of our podcasts at radiomisfits.com, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. My thanks to Ed Silla, who runs Radio Misfits. He's the man. And thanks to everybody. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the sound. And if you want to buy uh, some, uh, some ads and you want to uh, you know, be, a, uh, be a sponsor on the show, Please do that. Let us know. Sales at RadioMisfits.com if you'd like to be a part of it. Check out the 24-hour live streaming network that is Radio Misfits, where you can hear music and podcasts. You can hear this podcast. You can hear my other podcast, the Nick T Podcast, broadcast 24-7 at RadioMisfits.live. And again, Jason Skaggs does all the music. He did the opening song that you heard, and he does the closing theme that you're hearing now. So again, my thanks to you. My thanks to everybody else. Stay sassy. I'm Nick DiGiulio. We'll see you next time on that show. Hasn't been 20 years in SNL podcast. Thank you. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>